So instead of doing a different theme every week, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about one subject. And that is... Roommates. Roommates. Ugh. Can't live with them. Well, you can't afford to live without them. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we've just been, you and I, we've been talking a lot about how that's a relationship that, like, pretty much everybody has at some point in college. And, like, that is, like, a make or break thing. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at groups of roommates, both by talking to them about their own shared experiences and frustrations, and then finally take a look into the lives of one set of roommates. Before we start, just a note. One name in this story has been changed to protect the individual's identity. My name is Cameron Belcher, and I am a senior in the Radio Television Film Department here in the Moody College of Communication at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm from Houston, Texas originally. I am a transfer student from Houston Community College. So Houston is where I like to say I was born and raised. Well, in 2012, I sort of spontaneously met uh, a person who has become one of my best friends. His name is Ivan Espinosa. He reaches out saying, Cameron, I'm so excited to be able to move into the Montrose. The Montrose was uh, the neighborhood that he was moving into, and it's where I had always lived. I had grew up there. It's where I was currently living at the time. And... Montrose is not only considered the the gay neighborhood in Houston, but it's very arts and historic uh, in a lot of ways. So it's a very centrally located neighborhood and kind of considered where the major arts community is. So I was very against the I was uh, against the fence because I did not want to move. This was a home I was in, and he was asking me to uproot myself and, and really to get to the core of what this episode is all about I didn't want roommates I didn't want to live with other stinking people that I had never met and didn't know so I was very hesitant and very against the idea I'm pretty sure I told him no at least once maybe twice but he kept egging me because I was his only potential and he needed another room filled so reluctantly but with a hint of optimism I decided to break my lease where I was. It wasn't really breaking the lease. It was a month to month. I'm sure I talked it over with a lot of people. And at one point or another, I just decided, look, maybe this is the time. I had just turned 21 so I could drink and all of that. And, you know, maybe this is the time to branch out a little bit. I've experienced living alone for a while. Let me just try the roommate thing, you know, and actually see if the rumors are true. first crazy thing about this whole experience was that three weeks into living there towards the end of September, uh, Yvonne schedules a house meeting with us all. And we're like, we don't know what to expect. He always calls them potlucks. So (laughs) we start the meeting and he goes, 
everybody, I want to thank you so much for your time and your commitment to coming in and living here. But I got to move out. Yvonne, the guy that brought all of us together, uprooted all of us to move into this one space under the guise of us all creating this community type space, this shared living, positive environment, jumped ship. <laughs> he, ab he abandoned and it was like self-mutiny. He's like, screw you guys. I got to just look out for my health first and foremost. Like, I'm pretty sure he had like a committed, almost attempted committed suicide thing um, just a week prior. Um, so that happened. And fortunately, Yvonne was fine and he's still with us. So now there's four. <laughs> So I need, we needed to find somebody to take over that space. So for the purposes of this story, we will say that Jason moved in. He was, uh, he, he was a, an associate. Um, he was an acquaintance. He was really only in the friend circles of my friends in high school, uh, kind of right after high school. And Jason, he was looking for a space. I think he, I think he actually had just moved back from Austin, from the central Texas area, from Austin. And he was looking for a place to move in Houston. So uh, he reached out to me in one way or another and said, hey, I'd love to move in. Sounds like a really great deal, great rent. Um, can I come in? So I showed him the space. He said, it'd be great. And I didn't think about it. I just need, I knew what I needed, which was a person that could pay. I didn't think how <laughs> he was gonna pay. So I wasn't around the house too much, and I didn't really get to understand what was going on in the house when I wasn't there. Jason doesn't really have a job. Now, neither did Angel. I think his parents supported him, and same with Gina. I think they had like little, maybe small campus jobs, but nothing that could support them there in the space. Uh, Jason didn't have a job. But he still paid rent on time. He he came, brought, brought me the cash uh, before the first, so I never really questioned it. Whole whole uh, fall going into December rolls by, and everything's pretty fine and dandy until I think I go upstairs one day, uh, and like he didn't have his door closed, and I just was like going up either to say hi or you know something. I just wanted to check in. And sure enough, I see the, the, the strips of white on, on his table, on the little end table inside of his bedroom with a bunch of people over. This is the other thing, I guess, was that he did have a lot of foot traffic. I lived, uh, my bedroom was right next to the staircase. And so I constantly heard when people were coming by one, two, three o'clock in the morning, going up and down the stairs. And I just thought he had friends over. Maybe, maybe they were smoking a little of the reefer. Who knows? I, that's not really a big deal to me or whatever. But when you bring in kind of a hard substance like that, uh, things get a little questionable. So, yeah, next thing I know, I can see that he has, uh, he, he has friends over snorting cocaine. My heart dropped inside. Suddenly... The picture came full circle 
and I understood what I was hearing at night, the footsteps all the time. I understood why people were coming and going so much, and I knew why he was really kind of a run-and-gun kind of guy, just popping in, popping out all the time, opening up. the. I was also right next to the garage. The garage door was always opening and closing a lot. And, yeah, it was just him making his deals, cocaine, out of my residence. And I think that there was a part of me that didn't want to acknowledge it uh, at first. I didn't think of it as anything that could cause any problems down the line. Well, March, the beginning of March, I get, I think it's a phone call. I get a phone call while I'm at work at one of my new part-time jobs that's just around the corner telling me, hello there, Uh, my name is so-and-so with this property management company based in, let's say, Milwaukee, some very far place from Houston, Texas, and we now own the apartment building that you live in, and I see that you have this person, this person, this person, and yourself still on the lease, is that correct? Yes, sir, that, that, that's correct. And he goes, all right, well, you have until the end of the month to move out. We can extend your lease by one extra month, if you would like, but no more. You are being evicted. Why? I, I, I ask him why, why am I being evicted? Well, we are deciding to not renew any leases. So everybody that lives there currently has either to the end of their lease or the end of this month, if they're on a month to month, which we were, to move out. Have you ever gotten a call like that? I call one of those potluck team meetings <laughs> to tell everybody, well, I'm not only moving out, but we all are, and we've got to decide collectively if we want to move out at the in 25 days or in 55 days and extend for an extra month. So this was in March, right? We could move out at the end of March or the end of April. Um, for simplicity's sake, I think we decided to move out um, at the end of March. So we were like, all right, we're just going to figure this out, and we have 25 days to figure out where we're going to go. Um, so high, high stress levels. Everybody's pretty on edge about all of this. It's out of the blue. And, you know, I'll just say that this is a, a you know, this is gentrification. That's exactly what happened to me. That's why I will never forget this experience is it was an out-of-state developer coming into the neighborhood, finding a very, very valuable piece of property that they could buy for a very good price, renovate, and then resell as condos. And that's what happened to this property. And there were families that were minority families living in this complex with children. And I 
I got to experience being able to come in and, and, and see children running around and them carrying their groceries up all of the time. And, and, and it, you know, these were families that had been rooted there for, for generations. And in my opinion, it was unfair for this to happen. It was unfair for the original owners to not give any notice of the complex being up for sale let alone for the new people to come in and give such a strict deadline for, for eviction. So that's why this story matters to me. Um, the, the, final, the final straw on this giant story of roommates is... Um, I think it was during spring break, uh, cause this was in March, right? And I had spontaneously decided to go out for a bike ride one night, hanging out, um, really just chilling. I was at a coffee shop and I get a phone call from Jason and Jason goes, Hey Cameron, what are you up to? I say, I'm not really up to much, just hanging out, writing in my journal, um, at this at antidote was the coffee shop he goes okay well are you are you gonna come back to the house anytime soon i was like oh at some point at some point i will he goes all right well if you could get here you know sooner than later it'd probably be better i go uh okay uh is there any reason why and he said no but if you could just come by i think that'd be good so (laughs) Never got a call like that from Jason, being concerned about me being at the house. I ride my bike back over. It's probably like 10 o'clock at night. And there are police cars. There are police cars with their lights on in uh, front of the garage. And the garage door is open. So I walk through there and I go into the living room. There is a forensics team. A forensics team from the Houston Police Department have their latex gloves on, taking DNA swabs from the knobs, handles, kitchen counter. Apparently, while I was on my bike ride, a couple of African-American individuals broke in and held up my roommates at gunpoint through plastic black trash bags around their heads, wrapped rope around their hands, and shoved them inside of Jason's closet demanding to know, where's the money? Where are the drugs? Where's the money? Where are the drugs? There weren't any, apparently there weren't really any drugs there. There may have been um, a gram or two of some marijuana. There was money. But no hard substances. And this was a problem that we just regularly had. Nobody closed the garage door 
the garage door was left open nine out of ten times of the day and even in the like nighttime uh, people just wouldn't close the garage after them and it was really out of a uh, uh, laziness so you might think that you're in a nice safe neighborhood because there's a nice courtyard with trees out in front of it um, and you have friendly neighbors but you're really never safe Yeah, I wasn't there, but I showed up, and uh, I just won't ever forget it because it was uh, poor judgment on my part. It was poor judgment on my part to let somebody that I didn't fully understand move in, and worse, put other people's lives and security at jeopardy due to my lack of diligence. So it was something I learned pretty heavily in that entire year and a half, year and eight months experience of uh, living with roommates. And it just showed me that you really, you really don't know people. Do everything you can to get to know someone. You know, roommates is funny because all of us have different roommate experiences and circumstances that are involved. And so I think that there's a wide breadth of experiences when it comes to roommates. Um, but at the end of the day, it is hard to manage. And I think that it really works best if you can somehow vet this person so that you know they're responsible. Maybe even before even having those expectations on others, turn the question on yourself. Hold yourself accountable for your own shortcomings. That was really a lot of what this experience was for me, is it was so easy for me to blame another person for dishes not being done or for the garage door being left open, but I gotta really take a step back and, and really just look in the mirror and see where was my responsibility in this, uh, I mean, I'm gonna say like this business. We're, we're sharing uh, an activity together, which is living with each other. And we have these shared responsibilities and uh, I think before it's, it's really quick and easy to jump to judgments on, of others and in, in what uh, and saying what somebody else did wrong. But before you ever do that, I think it's always best to ask myself, what could I have done better in that situation? What did I not do right? What kind of expectation am I on? Um, am I holding uh, on somebody else that I'm not holding to myself? And if you can start there, if you can be very truthful with yourself and say, I could be better or I was wrong, then you're going to find yourself not only happier with yourself, but just, I think nurturing a relationship better.
Thanks for listening. You can check out news and all sorts of other content online at dailyatexanonline.com. If you're interested in checking out this, the rest of this Roommates Project, or any of our other podcasts, you can check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. All you need to do is search The Daily Texan. And if Twitter's more your speed, then you can follow us at Texan Podcast and follow our main account at The Daily Texan so you never miss a big news story or a big new podcast. Please follow us on Twitter. We would so appreciate it. 